Dynasty Football Network presents Super Flexible Podcast with your two co-hosts, Tudrin and Swags, and host, Steve Halepka. Let's go! All right, everybody, Super Flexible is back, and I am bringing us in this week because Steve and Two Drink were so excited about this next guy, they didn't even want to be here. Um, but so we've got Denny Carter from Living the Stream. Denny, thanks a ton for being here. Yeah, sure, sure thing. Thank you for having me on. I'm sorry I couldn't meet meet the the whole team uh, during the podcast, but uh, I appreciate you uh, having me in the in the countdown to the season. Finally, yeah, we, we traded the two out for one. We did a two for one. Hey, I and think it's a good deal. That, that's my Honestly. style. So, right. um, and then you're doing another project you want to talk a little bit about, um, the draft day consultants. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, draftdayconsultants.com is the site that I run, uh, th- especially this time of year, we do, uh, pre-draft consultations for people. We do in draft, meaning we virtually sit with you while you draft your teams. Uh, and then uh, we do season long where we, you are, assigned a consultant our clients are are assigned consultants experienced fantasy analysts who uh can help you with waiver wire uh moves with trades with start sit decisions uh throughout the the season so if you'd like to check that out it's draftdayconsultants.com yeah that's awesome so right through the whole season if, yeah, if we i'm have curious a, right. like if i want to put in a a fab or my first number yeah. one waiver claim on this player or that player like you'll step up for me and help me make that decision Yes, that's uh, that's 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 pretty much it. I mean, you know, we're not uh, coming to your house at three thirty in the morning to answer questions. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> you don't but have somebody on call around clock. Yeah, right. Yeah, we yes, we have always someone on call. We're like a hospital. Work out know, the time zones. Way. I don't know, man. We we might be able to figure that out. Yeah, that's right. Uh, no, but we we are available obviously throughout the the season, and uh, it's it's become a much more um, popular option over the past couple of years. I've been happy to see that. Awesome, man. Yeah, that's super exciting. So definitely check that out. We'll probably talk more about that a little bit later. Before all of that, we'll hop into the news, and then we're going to do some late-round quarterbacks to target, even in the super flex mold, and then we'll try to fit in some super flex trades this evening if Denny can stick around. Mm-hmm. Don't make don't make me do all those trades all by myself, dude. <laughs> I would never. <laughs> I am not a solo act. All right, so we got well, neither am I, by the way. So I, we 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 are we see eye to eye, to eye on that front, <laughs> right? I, I've Do been not doing leave solo, me here. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing a solo podcast for the Living the Stream Patreon page, uh, and uh, it trust me, it, it took a while to get used to be, pretty much just talking to yourself. It's the, totally the different. Yeah, I've done like yeah. a total of two, just like randomly for whatever reason, and and it, yeah, it just feels awkward. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is awkward. Uh, you feel l- like a maniac, but then once once you get into the groove of it, it's a little easier. It, my, my biggest problem with the solo podcast was that um, I was used to just being uh, the, the guy with the takes or the funny guy, and now I had to be kind of both, like the person who introduces the show. That that really caught me off guard, and, and I was not ready for that at first. Yeah, serious and funny and interesting yeah. and talking to yourself <laughs> while you're talking to other people. <laughs> That's right. Not doesn't sound crazy at all. But you at least you agree with everything that you say. Oh yeah, no, I I do. I'm I, I am in line with my co-host, which is myself. <laughs> that makes it easy. Yes. So we've got Zeke and Melvin Gordon both still holding out. 
Um, what's your concern level at this point? Well, I, from a fantasy standpoint, I think the Gordon holdout is is making you know a, a zero RB approach uh, even more viable th- this summer than it was before because now you have uh, more uncertainty in the running back area. And you have, you know, Eckler and then Justin Jackson available yep. late, much later in drafts. So you, you know, you have the opportunity to, it's a bit of a gamble and, you know, you do have to pay, pay up for Austin Eckler. I mean, he's not, he's not free in redraft, as you know, right. Um, Justin Jackson largely is for a reason, but anyway, I, I am fairly confident that, that the Gordon thing is going to last a while. Uh, and so I've been taking Jackson and Eckler a lot. The, the Elliot situation from, from what I've read over the past, I don't know, 24 hours, it doesn't, it doesn't seem quite as dire. Um, and the, the deadline that came and passed was not actually like the hard deadline that everybody thought it was. So, uh, I I'm thinking he will be back for week one, but I'm hedging with, with, you know, picking up Dallas running backs here and there at the end of drafts. Yeah. So, what direction are you going there? Are you a are you going yeah. for Mike Weber or the added Alfred Morris, Tony Pollard? Do you think they're going to find a veteran to come in? Or it's Pollard, Pollard and Morris for me, uh, right right now. But I I just knowing the way that the Cowboys operate and the fact that they're constantly calling in Alfred Morris to do stuff. Right. I kind of feel you know when, he's been when there before. Yeah, he's been there before. I know he's 31 years old. I know he's just a guy. I, I get that. But, you know, for fantasy purposes, if he's getting the ball in a high-functioning offense like Dallas could be or should be, uh, I want him. So yeah. I, I've, been, I've, been, I've been picking up those guys. Absolutely. And, I mean, the year with uh, when they had run DMC and the Zeke suspension, like that season, everybody thought it was going to end up being McFadden and then ended up being Morris on dirt cheap too. That's right. Uh, I hate that you're making me talk about that zero running back idea and how it can work because I am the I'm a running back guy like that's yeah that's my love so <laughs> but I agree I think the Melvin Gordon situation is to be taken serious as Le'Veon Bell was last year and Zeke's kind of a cornball but I think right now they're trying to find a way to pay him right yeah I I would think that the, the team you know, will come to some agreement with, with Elliot. Um, but I obviously nothing, nothing is guaranteed. And in the, in the case that he does hold out for real, like for a long time, or maybe for the season, then, you know, Pollard, Morris, and maybe Weber, those, those are guys who would be kind of possibly league winning type picks because you're getting possibly the lead back on a good offense, uh, for free right now and yeah. um you know so it, it can't hurt right i mean that's just that's that's sort of how i see it it can't hurt to scoop up these guys here and there and see 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 what unfolds but uh, yeah i i um wanted to uh, point out the the zero rb thing i, I was tweeting today about uh, a great article from on uh rotoviz recently written by my friend blair andrews uh and i tweeted about it it's at cd carter 13 uh that really really shows that in redraft now Superflex is a little different I'm talking about standard, more standard lineups. Uh, zero RB is is you know very much in play this year, maybe more so than in recent years. Hmm. Man, so 
see, I'm the guy that like I I want to. I've been taking Todd Gurley still like relatively early, and then like Nick Chubb or Mixon in that the first and second rounds there, and then just kind of loading up. And I just feel like I can get some wide receiver twos that I like later, like the Christian Kirks of the world and those guys, even some of the rookies like Metcalf. I believe in Metcalf to hit this year. Really? I, well, I, I just, I don't see, I mean, I, I'm, I focus mostly on opportunity uh, uh, in, in redraft and, and I don't see where the opportunity is going to come for, for Metcalf. I mean, in a, in a run heavy offense being mm-hmm. the the second or third receiving option in a run heavy offense, you're, you're looking at tops, you know, uh, 60 targets. So, you know, he, he Metcalf would have to catch a bunch of touchdowns. I mean, I'm not saying long-term he's bad, but I don't know about this year. And, and um, I think it's going to be one of those things though. And cause I hear where you're coming from, but I, I think it's going to add three or four plays, I think is all he needs. And he could, win it or lose it for you some weeks. I don't want to say lose it for you because you have a whole other team behind it, but I think there's going to be weeks where he's going to have such big plays and his ceiling, his size and the speed and what he brings to the red zone for Russell Wilson. I don't know. I, yeah. I'm excited about it. I, in a redraft format, I'm more, I would be more confident in Metcalf than Nikhil Harry at this point in redraft. Yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. I, I, I might be with you there. Um, but have you considered with zero RB that if you go zero RB, you don't have to worry about Metcalf or Carrie or anybody down there on the on the line. At that point, you're uh, you're gobbling up running backs, waiting for uh, something you know something to go awry with uh, running backs starting today. You know to to take advantage of that volatility um, in that part of the draft. So, but then what do I get to worry about instead? Like Odell Beckham Jr. the the past, you know, or those guys that. I spend that early pick on and uh-huh. the Des is, Bryant's is, in the is, first round or those guys. What's wrong with OBJ? I, I love him this year. I love him. It, it was just uh-huh. rhetorical to, I mean, sometimes shit just happens even to a high end wide receiver like Odell right. Beckham Jr. last year or when he's had, ton- I've bought Odell Beckham Jr low a lot just because of how he started a couple of seasons in a row and mm-hmm. how the stock plummets sometimes. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, there, I feel always, safe. I don't know. Yeah. There, there's always that, that variance. Um, you know, there, there's been some really good work done uh, over the past few months uh, showing that uh, a wide receiver heavy approach to redraft. And again, I don't know, I don't know if this applies to Superflex particularly, but uh, a wide receiver heavy approach to redraft is is the safe option if you're looking for safety you know a lot of people will say you know for safety pile up running backs get a get a quarterback earlier in the mid rounds that's safety in fact that is uh that's the opposite of safety that that's your your that that's a riskier approach um according to you know some of this new analysis that's been coming out and i i um I'm good with it because it, it 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 confirms my my biases my biases so and running backs of volatile position um to your it, point it more, like injury wise and stuff like they can definitely yeah more so yeah more it's it, more volatile than than wide receiver yes yeah so I'll give you that I just love my running backs but <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't suck to start with uh with Gurley and and uh, Dalvin Cook and who else did you say Chubb. Oh yeah, I love yeah, me some Sir Nicholas Chubb. Yeah. That's that doesn't that doesn't hurt. I'll say that. 
So, I mean, speaking of wide receivers to worry about and kind of early, I mean, if you drafted early, even already AJ Green, and then you go to, as the real Halupka said, Antonio Brown's nasty feet. Yeah. I mean, you know, we didn't expect to have to worry about cryogenically frozen feet this year, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> here we are worrying about cryogenically frozen feet. So, um, <laughs> I, I don't know, really, we talked about it on Living the Stream uh, for, for this week's show. Uh, I, you know, I'm not a doctor. I, I, don't, I don't know. I just, I just know that a, a, new, a receiver on a new team uh, with a potentially not very great, you know, not great quarterback compared to what he's used to, uh, not being able to practice, it's, uh, it's, it's concerning. It is, it is concerning. Um, with, with, with Green's injury, where, where are you taking him, if, if anywhere? Um. So I play a lot of dynasty and I think now, I mean, in, in redraft, I think for me, I almost have to stay away just because even if it's four weeks into the season that he comes back on the minimal side of it, I mean, you just don't know what's going to happen on a dynasty side. If I'm contending or something, which I mean, this almost sounds hypocritical to my last statement in redraft, but I feel like you can buy him low right now and then he can still help you in the long run and win at the end of the year when you need him the most, which is still important in redraft. But then next year in dynasty still has some sort of value to me. I think that AJ Green's the kind of wide receiver that um, I believe in. I don't think he's going to retire anytime soon. I think he's got I'm, I'm, this year. I think he's got three years left in him that he'll at least want to play. And I think he's going to be there on that team, which I think is good for the rest of his career. But in redraft, man, I can't imagine it spending a spot on him in the fourth or fifth round, which is where I see him going. I need something now. I'd rather take Allen Robinson. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know you know, fourth round seems like a stretch fifth round. If you're talking about 12 team league, you know, maybe fifth round makes sense. Um, I was thinking more sixth or seventh round, but maybe he's not lasting until that point in the draft. I, I don't know. I think if you're in position, if you've already, uh, you know, piled up a, a few startable wide receivers and he falls to you and you can just stash him for a month into the season and then, you know, see if he comes back to form. Uh, I, I don't think that that's the worst idea. Yeah, I agree. What would you trade to get him in a redraft format? What would I trade to get AJ Green? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I would. I was actually just thinking of of um, if you have Tyler Boyd, would you trade Tyler Boyd for AJ Green right now in in redraft? And I think the answer is no. Yeah, you almost want Tyler Boyd. Yeah, because I mean, first of all, he gets the first four weeks, three or yep. four weeks of the season. I mean, that's that's the obvious point. But then the the other point, as you know, is that his production with Green on the field, uh, you know, was not hateful. I mean, it was, uh, if I remember correctly, mid range wide receiver two type stuff. So um, I think, you know, I, I don't think I would trade Boyd for him. I'm trying to think of something, <laughs> someone else. Would um, you, if I sent you somebody we already talked about, and sorry, I do the Rookie Fever podcast as well, but would you, I'm sending you Metcalf for him, for your AJ Green that you already drafted, and yeah. you have to figure out what you're going to do with your team. So are you talking about, we're still talking about redraft? Yep, yep, this year. Yeah, I, I would, I would, uh, I would want uh, Green and just kind of stash him rather than Throw him on your IR? Yeah, yeah, I mean, if there's an IR spot, that's awesome. If not, then you just kind of, uh, uh, 
you know, take Search the bullet. Stuck. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, but I, you know, I don't know, like I said, you know, Metcalf, uh, we may see him have some weeks where he gets, you know, three or four targets, catches a touchdown. It turns out. Okay. Um, but then there'll be, there'll be, um, a lot of dry spells, I think for him. So, um, I, I think I would want green there. Yeah. I'm trying to decide what I would do, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know that seems crazy to you and a lot of listeners right now, just because I know like how the chances of a rookie really hitting, but I am a little bit worried about AJ Green and how quick he comes back, I guess. So Well, it's not it's not so much the rookie part that scares just for for the record, like an opportunity. Know, it's the team. Yeah. But I mean Tyler Lockett's done it, and I know he's still there. Baldwin has been a top twelve wide receiver bought on the cheap year after year after year. Well, I mean, Baldwin has not finished in the top 12 a lot. Uh, <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, and then Lockett, you know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe he can buck regression and, and continue to score touchdowns on every other catch. But, uh, I, I, um, I, I doubt it. And I, there's just, it's just really hard to project any receiver for the Seahawks seeing a ton of targets unless, unless they change their whole identity as an offense. Yeah, and I don't think that's going to happen right away, even yeah. if it's a little bit. I mean, they might a little bit, but I think it's still going to be a pretty run-heavy team. I think they ran 504 times last year. Don't quote me on that, but that's a lot of running, you know, which is one reason I love Rashad Penny. And don't get me wrong, Chris Carson's going to yeah. get the work too, but if you're telling me Penny's going to get 200 touches, I think you can live with that. Yeah, I mean, he's he's one Chris Carson injury away from being yep. the lead back on on an offense that runs no matter what they you know th- this offense runs down 10 points in the fourth quarter you know they they <laughs> yep. they, they don't care it doesn't matter to them unless they it's run like run a super bowl drive uh, well that i guess i'm talking about the the <laughs> the, the, the current uh what is it with the the uh offensive coordinator is a uh, shot schottenheimer yeah uh so i mean with him you you run no matter what, like we saw in the playoffs last year, right? Yep. Against the Cowboys, I mean they they could have easily won that game if they weren't so hard headed and dumb about the run. Um, but Rashad Penny, by the way, is a great another great zero RB target because, like you said, he's going to have every week value with that upside. Yeah, yep. There's going to be a lot of uh, touches going around between him and Carson, like a good, decent split there. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So into another, a couple other backfields super quick. We can fly through Theo Riddick, cut by Detroit, signs with Denver, outlook for carry on. Do you feel any different about carry on now? Yeah, I do. I do. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, my uh, co-host, JJ Zacharyson, uh-huh. I'm living the stream. He he pointed out some some really telling uh, peripheral stats for carry on Johnson that shows that we may see an even greater opportunity spike with Riddick out of the picture in Detroit. Um, it's a matter of him getting goal line carries basically, which I don't, I don't know if he'll get all of them, uh, but he will, I think it's fair to assume he will get a, a good portion of them. And I think his fight, his price is still pretty fair right now in redraft. So Theo Riddick was getting a lot of goal line work or some, no, no, no. I'm saying if, <laughs> no, <laughs> um, I don't, has, has uh, Theo Riddick ever gotten a carry? I don't know. No, I um, yeah, that was, I didn't, I, yeah, I didn't follow. No, I, I was just talking about CJ, CJ Anderson being still, you know, uh, being the bowling ball okay. um, behind, behind Johnson. Gotcha. But with Riddick, see, cause I, I still like carry on just as much, I guess. I guess I didn't really, Riddick had almost become an afterthought to me, as crazy as that might sound. 
No, it doesn't sound doesn't sound crazy. I mean, wh- how does Riddick going to Denver affect your feelings on on Philip Lindsay? Because I've seen Lindsay plummet in drafts since that signing. Uh, people are really they really seem to have strong feelings about uh, Theo Riddick. Yeah, I think that's uh, kind of silly, honestly. If people aren't worried about Royce Freeman, they shouldn't be worried about Riddick. And if you weren't worried about carry on with Riddick in Detroit, why are you worried about him in Denver? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one thing that sometimes, I mean, I think people forget as signings and news is happening is that all teams are going to carry two to four running backs and they want them to be as good as they can, no matter how good the other players on the team are. So it Riddick was cut. They were in a good situation to get him on the team. I mean, that's a great team move. For fantasy, I still am more interested in even Royce Freeman. Does it worry you a little bit when they have somebody that's as proven as Riddick? Like, sure. But I want to take advantage of those opportunities and go try to buy those guys low. Yeah, yeah. How interested are you in Theo Riddick, like in Denver? I'll ask you that way. I I, I don't. I you know, and read and, you know, redraft wise, I, I don't. I don't know if you can rely on him to get any sort of uh, regular uh, work. And and you know, they. The, I think the team has described him as the third down back, which is right. Obviously concerning for Philip Lindsay, but what does that mean for Freeman? I mean, it, there, you know, if 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 Lindsay has lost the passing down work and Freeman is not going to get the early down work, then what, what what's what's going on? Like, what can we bank on? Uh, is Freeman completely out of the picture, or or has yeah, or has Lindsay been? Is Lindsay's main fantasy appeal been stripped from him here with the Riddick signing? And now I'm talking myself out of Philip Lindsay, honestly, even at even at a depressed price. Mm-hmm. And, and see, I've never been a Philip Lindsay guy. I, I feel like they like the kid, though. I mean, you would think so. And, and he's fast as hell. But I don't know. Rice is still the guy I'm after, I guess. Anyway, so for me, so I, I don't know. I'm not that worried about Theo Riddick, but I'm also there's I'm not the guy that's ever going to sit here and try to sell anybody Philip Lindsay. So right. something like this doesn't make me feel better if anything i could use it to be like haha told you so but i don't really think it's that situation either you know what i mean yeah it's it's a mess i i don't i don't now now after we're talking about it here i don't know what to do (laughs) with the broncos back you kind of want to stay away maybe but there could be value there you know i mean that that i am still interested the fact that Lindsay has dropped to the seventh round the fact that freeman is often going undrafted you know, um, in redraft, the, these things, I mean, the, either of those guys could, could have, you know, major opportunity this year. And, and again, that's, that's pretty much all I focus on is who's going to get opportunity. I don't really care about what they look like when they get the opportunity. Uh, so I, I still am interested, but I, I'm very you know flummoxed at the moment. Royce Freeman or Justin Jackson in redraft this year, obviously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Like right now, I'm. I would go. Oh man, that's a tough question. Uh, <laughs> right now, I would go Freeman if I knew that Gordon is not going to play uh, at least for part of this year. I would probably lean Jackson. Yeah, that's an interesting situation to be in. Like, I think, man, I think I want to believe in Royce Freeman too much, but I think I'm going to go that way. Yeah. Right. I mean, you you never know like how a team really feels about about a guy, especially a young running back. Teams are so fickle with run with with young running backs. It's hard. It's hard to say. Yep. So another running back, Foreman, waived and claimed by the Colts. So I mean, I'm not worried for Mac or 
Naheem Hines. I'm the Naheem Hines guy. I like the PPR appeal that he brings. I think that's going to be there no matter who takes over in 2020. <laughs> but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so Foreman, I mean, do you care? Yeah. Uh, Foreman interests me as a flyer, I guess, uh, because he would be an injury away from possibly taking, from possibly having a role in, in a really good offense, you know, in an offense that moves the ball and scores a lot of points. Um, you know, he wasn't, we have to remember that, that Foreman was not cut or released by Houston because of his Achilles. Uh, physically, you know, he's in fine shape, according to reports. It's It was the showing up late to meetings and whatnot that got him kicked out of Houston. Um, so I'm not concerned on on, on that level. Um, and, you know, Marlon Mack, if, if he goes down at any point this year, I think Foreman has probably has at least some uh, appeal. What have you seen this do anything to the Lamar Miller price in redraft? I think he has ticked up a little bit, and I think right, rightfully so. Um, there's there's not much uncertainty there in the Houston backfield anymore. Not nearly as much as there as there was. So um, I, I I think you're going to have to start paying a premium for Lamar Miller, where which is which is unfortunate because for a while here we had a little discount. Yep. And then it goes up a little bit and the production probably won't change much. Probably not. I, I, you know, I don't think you can go too terribly wrong taking him. I don't have ADPs pulled up in front of me, but taking him wherever he's going, I, I don't think that that would hurt you too much. Um, you know, he is what he is. Uh, he's a volume. He's a guy who will get some volume on an offense that scores a lot of points. We have a lot of running back news for the wide receiver in you. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you're right. This is a conspiracy. <laughs> so we've got Devin Singletary earning first team reps. We've got McCoy saying that he is the running back one on the team, which, I mean, you kind of have to believe as long as he's there, right? I guess. I mean, but he could be traded, you know, yep. three week, three weeks from now he could be traded, you know. Um, you know, I, I don't I, – I saw that McCoy went in a, in a recent draft, went in like the 12th or 13th round. I'm fine with him there. You know, I mean, that like, why not? But um, I'm not bullish on anyone in the Buffalo backfield because Buffalo's running backs basically didn't do anything when Josh Allen was playing last year um, for, for various reasons. But uh, so I, I'm not too interested in that backfield. No Frank Gore love. <laughs> oh, good. Good God. No, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I you know, you got to strive for some sort of ceiling. Frank Gore has. Zero ceiling, as as you know. He's got a decent floor. Yeah, I get. You know, I guess in a deeper league, you're right. You're right. I mean, in a deeper league, I guess as we say on Living the Stream, six to twelve points. You could do worse than Frank Gore. Yeah, Frank Gore. So, if I mean, if it, if like you said, in a deep league, if it's really bad or you can't make a trade to get it done, and you have to go that route, like it probably could be worse. Right. So I'm going to save the next one because we're going to get into some uh, streaming late round quarterbacks. If we can, I want to try to get like a super flex take on this. Like maybe we can throw in a little like Scott Fishbowl or something like that. But I want to have some late round targets. Scout NFL football like a pro. Invest in yourself and get a degree in player evaluation and assessment from the Scouting Academy. They've educated NFL GMs, personnel directors, and dozens of NFL scouts. Enroll today and you'll watch the same game tape NFL coaches watch. You'll learn to look past the metrics with position-by-position analysis. This is a time-tested curriculum, a chance to learn from the NFL execs, 
and coaches. Sign up today and get a Dynasty Football Factory exclusive discount for limited time only. Save $50 when you sign up at DynastyFootballFactory.com. Um, the last news and note we had actually wasn't about running backs, but it was about Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh Rosen. Mm-hmm. Um, you also mentioned Josh Allen really quick in that backfield who could maybe be the leading rusher on the team. Who knows? Right. But who are some lower rank quarterbacks that you like to target in a super flex league or even obviously a one quarterback league format that you think could help you, you know, and, yeah. and some of your strategies and how you might take that for anybody that may not be listening to you. <laughs> and, and and how dare they really uh, not listen to me. Um, <laughs> so I um, they better at least be hearing you. Yeah, they got to they got to hear me. I mean, you know, I, I theoretically people who living who listen to living the stream are are hearing me, but but uh that's that may be <laughs> up in the air right now. Um let me pull up uh quarterbacks real quick. So, Fitz Fitzpatrick is definitely someone who would uh really interest me in in Superflex um because while you while you do get some, you know, down games from from uh Fitz Magic uh, you also get the Fitch magic. You get the magic part, and uh, on a on a just a garbage Dolphins team that's going to face a lot of negative game script. Uh, and Fitzpatrick will have at, at least two big targets, and in, in Devontae Parker and uh, Kenny Stills to throw it downfield and just and just wing it around uh, that, that that offense. I think he holds a lot of he he also holds appeal on the ground rushing, as we saw last year. When he had that run in Tampa Bay, um, what will it last sixteen games? Almost certainly not. Uh, but but he he could be really useful uh, for superflex purposes. I think that you should do that on your Patreon show. Like you could do Fitzpatrick versus Fitch Magic, and you could, <laughs> you could argue both sides of it. Yeah, I I could. I mean, you know, we I think we've all been subject to it at some point. Is you know. Um, not not playing Fitz Magic when he goes off for thirty five points, and then confidently playing him when he scores eight. You know, so that um. So if you go that route and you grab him because you can get him late, do you want to stash Rosen too, or completely uninterested? I'm I'm not interested in. I, I don't think that Rosen holds any 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 real appeal. I mean, the the appeal with with um, Fitzpatrick is that you know he'll fling it around. You know he'll take risks. He'll make he'll make throws kind of like you know uh risk reward throws mm-hmm. uh, and and probably throw it a lot you know i mean volume of throw of passing will be high probably for fitzpatrick in that offense i don't know i don't know if you can say the same about what's his face rosen um <laughs> we should I just mean, start calling him that now what's his face <laughs> What's his yeah, face, I, Rosen? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's incredibly disrespectful of me. But, uh, you know, in Superflex, though, any starting quarterback should be worth a look, right? And, yep. and so, so even even when Rosen starts, and he will at some point, even if it's just for a game here or a game there, you know, I'm not discounting him completely. You, you know, it, it is a luxury to pick a quarterback, a starting quarterback off the waiver wire and plug him in. And then... Man, I mean, so how do you feel about somebody like Derek Carr now that we're hearing about Antonio Brown? I, you know, I don't, I, gosh, the, the pass catching crew for Oakland is, you know, not great outside of Antonio Brown. So I'm thinking that Carr is a, I mean, I think you had Hunter Renfro being the next exciting option, you know, right. 
running running a bunch of six yard outs, right? A slew you of know, tight like, ends. They don't even have Jared Cook. No, no, but they they do have Darren Waller, yep. and and as we know, Darren Waller is now the most talked about player in fantasy football. So, but even um, he was banged up and kind of on the men and coming back. Oh man, don't say that. I just drafted that guy. Um, well, and he's back, you know. But you yeah. know, it's just still like such. Yeah, I think without without Brown, I think Carr becomes kind of a desperation uh, superflex option, probably in the in the vein of a Nick Foles. Of a actually, I would rather have Foles. You almost would. would That's so gross. That I'd have <laughs> have Foles than than Carr without Antonio Brown. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Eli Manning yeah. nerf Foles. Dear Lord. Because we, we got gross, so yeah, this is nasty. At this point, um, Dalton is a compliment. Yeah, this uh, Eli or Foles. Uh, I have Foles. Man, that if <laughs> Eli messes up much at all, like he's probably done, and they're giving it to Daniel Jones to at least let him mess it up. So that right. yeah, that is a tough one. I'd probably go Foles. He's probably has the more secure job, right? So Steve put in Josh Allen here who's somebody I'll I'll admit before I throw it to you, but I love Josh Allen. He yeah. finished the season as a top five quarterback, added some targets this year, still has Zay Jones, Robert Foster, that in Cole Beasley, and John Brown, and your boy Frank Gore. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so is, is Josh Allen somebody you would target late or – yeah, for sure. I, I wrote a, a piece for Rotoviz back in June about Josh Allen being really, really cheap in best ball. And he has the, you know, he has these blow up weeks where, um, you know, he runs for over a hundred yards. He might tack on a, a rushing touchdown. And if you're, if you, if your quarterback goes for a hundred yards, forget the touchdown, a hundred, a hundred yards on the ground and, you, and you're set. Like it almost doesn't even matter what he right. does. On it doesn't have to have a great game with his arm. He could throw for he could go t- full Tebow and throw for 120 yards and a touchdown, and still you're you're still set at the quarterback position with that sort of rushing potential. Yep. And then he does have that ceiling with that big arm too. That he has that rushing with big arm upside. That maybe it's not the most accurate arm in the league, obviously, but yeah, yeah, man, I I uh, I love to see see him uh you know rock back and and th- throw him downfield the the arm is incredible it's it's Mahomes-esque yeah that's crazy but i hear you you know not it's a good crazy but just to even be brought up with Mahomes at this point you know but yeah and that rushing upside yeah i love that who are what about a few other guys you think people should target in the late rounds or yeah um how long will you wait what's the longest you've ever waited how long did you wait in the Scott Fishbowl how many questions did I just ask you? Yeah, uh, you you just asked me uh, uh, forty <laughs> questions. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to go through them all. So in, so in Scott Fish, that's a good question. I don't have him pulled up in front of me. I I think that I think that I I took a quarterback maybe in the fourth round, fifth round, um, because I found that in in you know in superflex, as you know, people get super thirsty for quarterback, yeah. and and if you play with fire, you could definitely you know, burn yourself alive by, by not taking a quarterback, uh, when, when they're flying off the board, that's not to say that you should, you know, never zig against the zag or zag against the zig, whatever. But, uh, I, I tend not to try to get too cute in super flex with quarterback. Yeah. You definitely don't want to be left without. Yeah. Or, or to be left with one, you know, it's just, um, 
I I found that uh, when I when I really really test the limits of late round quarterback with superflex, uh, you that you can get burned. Now it can pay off too if you're able to scoop up a couple late round guys who fall into a starting job. You know, then then you're set. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, for me, and like one thing we've said here before on Super Flexible is it's the cheapest place to get a quarterback is always going to be in the draft. If for some reason you miss out the price afterwards and Scott Fishbowl, even worse because you can't trade, but the price afterwards sometimes is out of this world to fix that problem. So I like to in a league I can trade in. I like to have a few extras even like if I can have four or five. In super flex leagues, I really like that. Scott Fishbowl, I didn't go too crazy because you're if you can't trade him, there's no no use in hoarding. Oh yeah, no, get yeah, can't can't trade him. It, it it brings a whole new element to the game. All right, we got a few minutes left here. Um, unless you got some other guys you want to fly through, we can get into a couple of these trades really quick. No, yeah, let's get into the trades. All right, this one. I know of these people. I'm actually in this league, so I didn't know it was on the notes till now, but this is cute. So it's a super flex tight end premium, 12 teams. One side is Mark Andrews and the other side is Eric Ebron, Ricky Seals Jones and Deontay Foreman. Um, Which side of that do you favor? I mean, Mark Andrews didn't run more than 17 routes in a game last year. Um, you know, a lot of his production came on long, uh, you know, catches and runs running, running after the catch. I, I don't know. Um, I, I like, I, I think Andrews makes a, a really good prospect, but if, if he's going to be in a Lamar Jackson offense for the next, I don't know, for the foreseeable future, um, my interest in him goes way down compared to what, what I would be, you know, how he would be perceived on a team that throws the ball a lot more than the Ravens will. So I, I think that the, the, the Ebron side is pretty clearly superior. How about you? Yeah. To me, I'm like, I'm not very interested in Foreman or seals. Like you made me a little bit more interested in Foreman, to be honest with you, but, but I'm, I'll just keep it to that. I'm not super interested in those guys, but I feel like the Mark, why is the, why are the extra pieces on the Ebron side is what I'm saying. Yeah, right. I would expect it to be Ebron and then, you know, for Andrews and the other guys. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Mark Andrews is somebody I, I like a lot. I think he's a good prospect, but he hasn't done it yet. This is banking on so much speculation and something we haven't seen yet where even Ebron, who's thrown shade on him all the time. But I mean, oh, I don't know, even like his third year in Detroit, Ebron had 711 yards and missing three games. Last year, he put up 750 yards. Was it 13 touchdowns, 12 touchdowns? I don't have it right in front of me. I know it was a really nice season. 28 touchdowns last year. (laughs) Set a tight end record. Um, But, I mean, I think he was tight end four to five in some formats. And even if Mark Andrews is a tight end eight or tight end nine or somewhere in that area, that could be 100 points away from tight end five. Right. I I just – I think – the you know the volume is a is a big concern for any pass catcher in that Baltimore offense. Yep. Uh, uh, even Andrews and Andrews will be fine, I think, this year. But I I do I do not think of him as as nothing as anything near a top tier uh, option. Yeah, and, and I mean I'm all about getting your guy though, and obviously narratives were wrote in heads. I, I respect both the people in this trade a lot. I won't mention them, but both smart dudes. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, 
All right. Well, this trade was from, this is interesting because this is from Two Drink and The Real Halopka. So we got, okay, Kurt Cousins, Miles Sanders, and a 2023rd. And then the other side of it is it Jimmy G and Devontae Foreman. This is a Superflex dynasty. Yeah. Well, that's the Cousins side, right? Obviously, for me, again, I'm like, why Why did you also get a 2023rd? You lucky little guy. <laughs> yeah, this, this is a family podcast. <laughs> yeah. Rub him on the head. Good job getting that extra twenty twenty third for some crazy reason. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't get, I don't, I think that that's a that's a fairly lopsided uh, deal. So Steve's argument was, um, he has Jimmy G significantly higher than Cousins and Freeman and Sanders very close. <clears throat> I mean, I guess I, I don't, I, I don't uh, quibble too much with putting Garoppolo above Cousins, but like far above him i don't know about that see i have cousins and cousins above jimmy g to be honest with you because we we've seen it more out of cousins and then i have miles sanders above freeman especially in dynasty i mean cousins what did cousins finish last year do you know that off the top of your head um not super great i don't think he started to catch some wind at the end of the season though he didn't end bad last year was a total debacle for kirk cousins and finished as like a top 10 or 11 quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I mean he had two top works. like our wide receiver ones off his team. So it can't be that bad. Yeah. I, I think that last year was as bad as it's going to get for him. And he was still not, you know, not horrible for fantasy. He wasn't great, but he wasn't horrible. Steve will never trade with me either. That's a shame. Freaking Steve. <laughs> <sighs> Let's fly through one more, man. We'll get you out of here. This has been super fun. Yeah. If it wasn't for that trade. So then they, le- I think they did this one on purpose just so I couldn't read it. I think this is I sir, Mister Man, I sir, Mister Man, and yet he, so he has Baker and Russell Wilson, and he's trading away Mitch Trubisky and Mark Ingram, and he's getting back Breeze and Chris Carson. <clears throat> Man, so uh, I don't know. I know which side. This is the only one I didn't see yet. <laughs> the other ones I just didn't know were going to be on here. <laughs> um, can you repeat the sides? Again? Yeah, this is yeah. a twelve-team superflex, mm-hmm. um, and it's got Mitch Trubisky and Mark Ingram on the one side, and then the other side is Drew Brees and Chris Carson. Ah, uh, okay. And this is I, Dynasty. Yeah. Um. Ah, uh, Trubisky side for me. Yeah, me too. I think that Mark Ingram's going to have a really solid couple of years. People are kind of sleeping on him, and who knows with Chris Carson, that could be just as short of a lifespan, actually. Yeah, I, Carson is, um, you know, he's a like a replacement level guy who could get some carries this year, but long term, who who is he? I mean, yeah, don't I, I wouldn't put any kind of dynasty emphasis on on a guy like him. Uh, the Ingram, a, a, an interesting status all today. When Lamar Jackson took over last year in Baltimore, the running backs for the Ravens had the second most carries over that stretch in the league. Um, at when, when Jackson was the starter. So, uh, volume wise, it could be, it could be really good things for, for whoever's getting the ball. Obviously Ingram will have first crack. Yeah. And Ingram's an upgrade from Gus Edwards or Dixon. Like when they were going back and forth, I think Ingram could have a great season. Mm -hmm. Yep. Love it. So uh, you got to go. Does that make Lamar Jackson any more interesting to you having a running back like, Ingram or somebody like that to open up the backfield a little bit, open up the pass, maybe even the run game for 
Lamar yeah, Jackson. I, yeah, I actually think that Jackson and Ingram are are a, an appealing stack if you if you can if you can pull it off. I know Jackson is sought much sought after in in Superflex for good reason. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I love I love that whole backfield situation in, in Baltimore. Love it. Thanks a ton for coming on, man. Yes, thank thank you for having me. Absolutely. Tell everybody who you are, where to find yeah. you again. I'm Denny. Last name Carter, and the uh, Twitter handle is at CD Carter thirteen. And again, if you'd like to check out Draft Day Consultants, which uh, we get pre-draft, in-draft, and season-long consultation, you can check out DraftDayConsultants.com. Awesome. And I'm at DFF underscore Swag. Check out at Rookie Theater. Oh, that's another show. But check that out. Check out at Super Flexible. Um, still fine at Two Drink Minimum and at The Real Holopka. It's at FL Two Drink Minimum. Make me do a lot of work tonight, guys. That's on you. If you liked today's episode, please give us a five-star review. We love them. Until next time, always be building. Let's go! Stop. Collaborate and listen. That's it. Footballing.com is back with a brand new invention. Okay, it's not really a new invention. We've got a cool twist on the dynasty leagues they're currently providing. One quarterback, three running back, four wide receivers, a tight end, two flex, no kickers and defenses, 24 rounds. They also have redraft leagues, best ball leagues, entry fees from $19.99 to $2,999. Go check them out. BestFantasyFootballLeague.com. 